Well, we're thrilled that you're with us tonight. We're going to continue a conversation we started last week. Very briefly, if you'll allow me to just go before the throne of the Lord and read His Word and let His Word hit in our hearts where it may be. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, you can turn to the book of Haggai. Good luck trying to find it, all right? Uh, it's in there, I promise. But if you have your Bible app or your Bible, just grab it out and we're going to be just talking very briefly for the next few moments. And, and continuing the conversation we started last week about it's time. Uh, we, we challenged ourselves last, last week that it's time. It's time to get in to what God has called us to do. I, I know uh, several of the people that were baptized tonight told me uh, it was because it was time. I had been saved for four years and I'd never been baptized. It was time to get baptized. And we started this conversation from the small two-chapter book in the Old Testament entitled Haggai. Some people say Haggai, they're both the same book, okay? Uh, we, we learned from this incredible story that God raised up the prophet Haggai to tell the people of Israel it's time. And I still believe it's relevant to us today. It's, it's time for us to step into what God has for us to do and where God has us uh, to become. So if you weren't here, I want to give a little bit of just brief history of where the people are in Haggai and what's going on in Haggai. So if you missed this, I'm going to bring you up to speed really quickly, but I encourage you to go check it out. It's on the app or on the website. Uh, here's where we were at last week. It, it, Solomon in the Old Testament built one of the most remarkable temples known to man. I mean, it was literally a, a wonder of the world. People would travel all over to, to just see this thing, uh, to see the gold. And I mean, it was just this amazing temple and to worship there. So we had this amazing temple built by Solomon. But unfortunately, right after he died, all the people who worshiped in this temple forgot about God, forgot why they built the temple and who the temple was for, and turned in on themselves and, and uh, began to worship idols and literally turned their back on the person who the temple was created for, God. And when he died, uh, God allowed a series of events to happen in about 587 B.C. for the uh, Babylonian Empire to come in under the reign of Nebuchadnezzar and completely wipe out Judah, the people of Israel. Just completely wiped them out. And an insult to injury just totally decimated this most awesome creation. It was kind of like uh, when, when you were a kid and you built the, you know, the greatest fort and then your little brother would come over and knock it down, right? Just kick it over and you'd be like, hey, I just spent all the time doing it. It was kind of like that insult to injury. Ah, we ruined your city. Now we're going to ransack the most beautiful, most looked up to building in all of your community. We're going we're gonna to tear it down. For some of you, that's like the Krispy Kreme donuts in our town. Whatever it is, right? Wherever that sits in your heart. Like the most important city building in our, in our entire city. Maybe it's the Tower of America. I mean, it's a symbol of it. Just completely destroy it. That's what's happening. And so the, this, the Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians have come in, and they've actually not only uh, ransacked the city and ransacked the temple, but they took the Israelites captive. And they've been in captivity for over 50 years. For five decades, they've been slaves to they're captors. And uh, uh, by God's grace, at about 538 B.C., Zerubbabel, the king of the Babylonians, says, hey, uh, excuse me, uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, why don't you take Zerubbabel, the governor, and why don't you take about 50,000 people and go back to your hometown and begin to rebuild? And so they did. They were gracious enough. They've been thinking about this moment for 50 years, a place where they can go back home and start rebuilding their community. 
And so they go back and they start rebuilding and they start with the temple and they lay the foundation and they build the altar and then there's some opposition. It starts to get hard and then they leave it there for 14 years. They don't touch the house of the Lord. And instead they go build their own stuff. They go build their own gaudy houses and they go build their own apartment buildings. They go build their own infrastructure. And God raises up Haggai at that moment to say, listen, listen, God's not down on you having stuff, but he is down on stuff having you. You've been so consumed with that. It's time to go build the house of the Lord. And he raised up the prophet Haggai to go speak to them. That's where we were. And we learned last week that God made it very simple, gave them very simple instructions on what to do and how sometimes we just try to make it complicated, but God's like, it's very simple. Just go up to the mountain, get the wood, and build the building. That, that, it was a simple process, and I love that about our God, that it, it was a simple process that all we had to do was step into it and obey, and God encouraged us to do it. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. They went and built their own houses. They put God second. Now Haggai says, no, it's time to put God first. And that's where we find ourselves. And in Haggai chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, it's in your notes. Haggai, God is going to speak through Haggai, but this is really what the Lord is trying to say. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you. Come on, everybody say that together. I am with you. That's what the Lord is saying. Declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josadak, and the high priest, excuse me, the high priest, and then the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord their God Almighty. So God speaks to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Yeah, that's fun to say three times. Zerubbabel, God speaks to him, the leader, then speaks to his son, and then says, listen, stir up all of the people. And I truly believe that's what happened last week. That there were several of us in this room that God began to stir up. He began to shake something inside of us to say, it's time. I've been, I've been sitting on this plan. I've been sitting on this dream. I've been sitting on this, uh, on this opportunity that God spoke to me. Maybe when I was in grade school or last year or when I was in college and I just kind of silenced it. But I really felt God stirring in my spirit. People came up to me after service and said, that was for me. Someone said that God just was messing with me. I said, that was the spirit. That's what happened in Haggai's time, and that's what happens today. But here's where we're going to be at for the next remaining time. Have you ever started something and then stopped? Have you ever started, tried something, started practicing this, started, you know, you want to change some things in your life, you started doing some things and then just quit? That's what happened again, all right? After only a month, I mean, they were at it for 30 days. They're going at it, 30 days. Okay, let's get this. Let's hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. They're working hard. Remember, they had 14 years had gone by where nothing happened. So now they hit the, the Haggai comes. Okay, we're going to do it. They start building one month, 30 days go by. And then this famous or uh, infamous uh, festival of their, you know, culture starts. It's their time and it's around the temple and everyone comes around the temple and they see that the temple's barely... I mean, not even a dent has been made in this temple, and they get discouraged. And that's what I want to talk to us about tonight. Have you ever been in that moment where you've started, you started moving, progress, you're going, you're, you're, you're putting your whole energy into it, and then you just stopped for whatever reason. You just couldn't make it anymore. That's where the, and only after one month, they gather and they're like, this is kind of embarrassing. We haven't really done much in 30 days. Uh, this is too overwhelming. This is too hard. I don't know if we can keep going. So they, they quit and they go back. They started with enthusiasm. One month later, they stalled out. It's kind of like, you know, it still happens today, right? 
Uh, in January, that's what month we're in right now. Uh, if you go by the gym, the gym is packed, right? I mean, people are in there sweating. I mean, they're lifting stuff they've never lifted before, stretching things they've never stretched before. I mean, they're packed. But then what happens February, March? That's when all the sales on the gym memberships come out. They're like, hey, we miss you guys. Come, come, come on back. I don't know what happened to you. But, 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 you know, it always happens. January, it's packed. February, plenty of room. And I'm guilty of this. I'm speaking to myself, okay? Right? Or you started a, you started a diet and you're all excited. You say, I'm going to do this. And that's the week, right? You're, you're in it. That's the week where the, like, the soft, chewy Chips Ahoy goes on sale for like three for a dollar. You're like, I, I, I just I got to do it. I mean, I just got to. It's a sale. I don't want, I'm trying to be frugal, right? <laughs> Whatever, right? Or you're trying to get out of debt and you, you, maybe you, you went all 2016. You're like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then Christmas happened. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot Christmas. It, it happens once a year. It's here again. And you're just, now you're just, you've blown it. And you're like, how, how do we get here? And you're just discouraged. And sometimes you just, honestly, you just feel like, you, what's the point? Come on, am I the only one that's ever tried something? And then just, just utterly just like, what's the point? It's hard. That's where... These guys were in the middle of discouragement. And the Lord comes back to Haggai. He already told him, hey, it's time. God's already stirred something. It's time. Some of you, 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 you did. You, you started taking some baby steps. And you started opening up your word. You started praying. You started doing something. And then your kids started pulling on you. And then the phone rang. And then your favorite episode, you know, came on Netflix, right? That, that show finally showed up on Netflix. You're like, but it's on Netflix and I can binge watch it, right? And so you're like, it's just from the Lord. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do this instead, right? And you've started something, but then you found yourself just stalled out, Maybe you're already in 2017 and discouraged. January 1 was like, I'm going to do it. January 18th, you're like, I don't want to even think about it anymore. 18 days for us. It's 30 days for the people of Haggai. And then the word of the Lord comes to Haggai again. In a very loving way, I think the Lord is, 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 was very loving through, the, through this passage. In chapter 2, verse 3, it says this. This is, this is God speaking again through Haggai. Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How many of you are still alive when this thing was awesome? How does it look to you now? Does it seem like, does it seem to you like nothing? There are some people, especially some, some uh, theologians think that Haggai was about 75 when he wrote this, which means when he would have spent 50 years in captivity, but then right before he would have been about 20, so he would have been like a young adult who remembered walking into the temple and being like, this is awesome. And now he comes back and he sees and he's like, I don't know what this is. This is not like it once was. And I think God is speaking to us and the very reason why most of us get discouraged. For the next couple minutes, here it is. Why, why do we get discouraged? I think there's two reasons why discouragement hits our heart. When we're trying to push through, we know God has called us to do it. And we feel the urgency. We felt it. We were passionate. But why did discourage set in? I think there's two reasons. One, we've talked about many times in this room. Comparison. Comparison. But I'm not as far as she is, or I'm not doing it as good as they are, or I'm not where I thought I was going to be. We talked about that last week. Then they were. I thought I would be further in my career. This, this discouragement comes from this word comparison. We get, we get discouraged because we look around and we go, she's, she's smarter than me, or he's this than they, and I'm this than that, and all of a sudden comparison begins to said, and we start comparing, comparing, excuse me, our start to somebody else's finish, right? That's what, you know, I'm, my wife and I were trying to lose weight, and I look at the dude, and he's got like nine packs, right? And I'm like, yeah, this, 
I'm looking at my start, and I'm comparing it to his finish. He's probably been in here for 10 years. I've been in here for 10 minutes, and I'm sweating, right? <laughs> See, there were some people who knew what it was like. I think sometimes we, we, we get into this mode where we're, we're trying to move forward, and then this comparison comes in. We say this all the time. When you compare, you always lose. When you compare, well, I don't worship like she worships, or I don't dance like they dance, or I don't do what they, you know, and we compare ourselves. We say things like this. He's got a good job. He's got a nice car and a killer house, and I hate my job, and I can barely drive my car because it doesn't turn on every time, and I'm renting in a bad part of town, right? We begin to compare ourselves. Look, her kids, look at her kids. They're, they're, they're always perfectly matching when they go off to school, and they always have, you know, baked goods with them every time they go, and they basically walk on rainbows, and here are my kids. I don't even know they had pants when they went to school this morning, and, and they left their lunch money, and I, I don't even want to own them when you know they're flunking PE you know whatever like we begin to compare ourselves and, and he's more successful she's more successful but I truly believe that's that's a lie of the enemy the enemy creeps in and starts making you you know he starts whispering you're not good you're not good enough and so for the person that's in this room that's discouraged my spirit tells me listen the Holy Spirit is trying to just make this connection it's because maybe you've spent too much time comparing yourself to everyone else and that's what caused you to just stop. They got before the temple and they're like, yeah. I remember when it was like, ah, oh, this is our version. And it's like, Ugh. and God says, really, that's what you're nervous about? That's what you're, that's what you're focusing on? Comparison, comparison. Number two, the reason why we get discouraged because we compare our life with somebody else's life, our progress with somebody else's progress. We, we have a hard time just living in our skin who God has called us to be. But the second reason why discouragement sits in is just lack of progress. Right? You, you go on a diet and you eat kale and, you know, almond chips for like five months and you gain 10 pounds. You're like, what? That's not how this is supposed to work. You know, I gave up sweets so I can do this, right? You, you, you try something new and maybe, maybe you started a business last year and you took two steps forward and three steps back and you're just like, is, did I make a mistake? Just the lack of progress. And some, some of us in this room are like, I, it's, it's even in my own relationship with the Lord. Like I, I gave my heart to him and I, I thought right now I'd stop swearing or at least, you know, stop, you know, doing certain sins, but it's still, it's still in me and it, I don't see any change, right? So discouragement sets in. Come on, I know I'm talking to somebody. Like the discouragement sets in. I've compared myself and then I don't see very much progress in my life. And we start to think it's not worth it. You know, my marriage is struggling, my, my kids, I, I don't know, is it worth it? I just want to, I want to give up. But <laughs> God speaks to them and he gives them, he gives them the solution to discouragement. And that's what I want to leave you with. Because if I left you right there, you'd be like, great, you know, I'm compared to myself and I'm, I don't see any progress in my spiritual life or in my physical life. But I want to give you what God gives to the Israelites in this moment. And he says to them, how do you push through persevere? How do you persevere? How do you push through? How do you get to that moment where you're saying, I'm still in the game. I'm still doing this. I'm not giving up. How do you get there? Again, just very simply, the Lord speaks to them two things. In verse, Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, we're going to be in there the rest of the night. He says two things to them. First one, he says this, and he's going to say it three times. You know when God says anything three times, you ought to pay attention to it. Kind of like your mom when she said anything three times. She said it the fourth time, you didn't really hear it. The chancla came, right? <laughs> Verse four says, but now 
Be strong. Come on, let's say this together. Every time we hear it in this, let's start over. Let's, every time we hear it, I want us to say it together. Verse 4, but now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, son of John, John son of Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all of you people of the land, declares the Lord. There, there it is. When, when you want to give up, when you want to pull in the towel, when you want to say it's not working, when you, want to, when you want to stop, the word of the Lord comes to us and says tonight, be strong. Don't give up. Be strong. And I know for some of us, that's like, well, great. How do I, uh, I'm, I'm not strong. I, I can't even not eat the pie. It's sitting on my counter. I'm trying to make these commitments to my family. I can't even do it. I can't turn the TV off. I can't shut the laptop down. Why, how do I be strong? And here's what I came to tell you. The strength is not even in yourself. The strength is in the Lord. That's what the word says. That in my weakness, he's made even stronger. But it's realizing that my strength is not what I'm leaning on. It's on the strength that God provides. And he says, be strong. And then he says this, do the work. <laughs> be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. When you want to give up, when it starts getting tough and you start to be discouraged, he says, listen, go to the hill, get the wood, and come back down. Be strong and do the work. I came here to encourage somebody tonight, not discourage you. But God's saying, be strong in him. And then just stick, stick with it. Step after step. Yeah, but, but I'm not seeing the progress. You keep being faithful to God, and he will keep being faithful to you. It's not, it's, not, it's not by our might. It's not by our strength, but it's by his spirit. And you keep walking, and you keep moving, and you keep doing the right. Remember, you're going to choose to do the hard right versus the easy wrong. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep doing the work. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. We're not seeing the results, but we're going to keep strong, and we're going to do the work. It's an old adage, but it's true even today. It says that successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what normal people do only on occasion. We're going to be above average people in this church, and we're going to keep moving. When the enemy tries to creep in and wants to discourage us, we're going to say, no, my strength is in Jesus, and I'm going to keep on moving forward. I'm not going backwards. I'm going to keep move, pressing towards what God has for me. That's what they did, and they went to it. And God says, God, that's just simple. Do the work and be strong. And I know some of you, that's always like, dude, that sounds so, I mean, impossible. Galatians says it this way. Let us not grow weary in what? In doing good. Because if we don't, we'll reap a harvest if we don't do what? If we don't give up. It's already January and some of you are saying, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of this. I'm ready to bail out. I'm ready to jump ship. I'm ready to give up. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you, no, be strong. Be strong. Do the work. Choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Don't give up. And that would be awesome, right? You'd be all fired up. Okay, I'm going to do the work. All right, I'm going to be strong. And that would only be half the message. Here's, here's the nail. Here's what makes it all make sense to me. Because I could fire you up and you can be all excited and go out there, prep rally and go charge the world, right? And not eat hamburgers for a couple of days. But here's, 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 here's the secret sauce to this whole chapter. God's promise to them. He says, be strong. Do the work. But why? But how? Here it is. And this is what I think has been missing in some people's lives in this room. He says it right here. Be strong, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Josiah, 
son of Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all you people, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you. That's the secret sauce. You don't go out there and have to do the work or be strong on your own. He says, I am with you. You're not alone this year. You're not alone in trying to be strong. Your perfect day, that's what the word of God says, your perfect day is really like filthy rags to God. So why don't you just tap into him and let him be your strength. Let him be your source this year in 2017 to be strong and to do the work. And I love this. If you, if you keep reading the rest of the book, God drops like this little mystery bomb in the middle of this book that I don't think they understood. Because if you go and you study Zerubbabel's temple, it was okay. I mean, they never really rebuilt it the way Solomon did. But we get this verse in, in, in the second chapter, verses 6 through 9. God says, the glory of this temple is going to be greater than of the past temple. I think if you look at Zerubbabel temple and you'd be like, uh, uh, God, did you, did you get that wrong? Like, this is like sticks and hay and this is gold and rubies. I think God just drops this little truth in the middle of Haggai, foreshadowing. I want you to get this. I think God drops this little foreshadowing in the book of Haggai because he's going to say something profound. The glory of the present temple is going to be greater than the past. Hmm. What do you mean? I love what Pastor Jim says right here. He would say, God's describing something that he's about to prescribe in the New Testament. Because we believe in the New Testament because of what God's Word says, not because of my own words, but because of what God's Word says, that in the Old Testament, they would have to sacrifice animals and go to a place in order to get to God. But what does God do in the New Testament? He sends His Son down to us, and He meets us where we are, and guess what He calls us? Do you know what He calls you? The temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple now is greater than the temple was ever going to be. He's telling us, listen, it's not you, but it's the Jesus in you. Jesus is the glory that's greater in the present than has ever been in the past. He's with us and he lives inside of us and he's available with us. Isn't that just like, woohoo? God, I know what you're talking about. Jesus, he's talking about Jesus here. The greater is... He's in me. I'm the temple. I'm it. Because God with me. That's what he promised. For I am with you. That's what Emmanuel means. That's what the name of Jesus means. Jesus, God, dwelling inside of us tonight. It's time. It's time to say, God, I'm the temple. It's time to say, God, I'm the one you've called. It's time. It's my time to step into your glory. It's my time to be the light to this community. It's my time to lead my family. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a family led by a father. And because the father got saved, the mother got saved. And because the mother got saved, the kids got saved. And all of them were baptized tonight. It's time, men of the house, to say, we're going to be as for my house. We're going to serve the Lord. It's time. And I love that. He just drops that little boom. I'm with you. I'm with you. And tonight, maybe you have felt like God is nowhere near in your Level of discouragement is starting to bubble over and take over your life. Hear God say he's with you tonight. Hear the word of the Lord say, I am with you. You're not alone. I'll never leave you. 
and I'll never forsake you. It's a promise throughout Scripture for us. God's here. So I'm going to ask that we just bow our heads and close our eyes, and we're going to end it right here. It's time to persevere through discouragement. It's going to happen. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to, you're, going to, you're going to find yourself not moving at the pace you want to move. But you be strong in him and you keep doing the work, the resurrection work that got started inside of you. You keep owning and you keep moving your feet forward. Tonight you're in this place watching online and you're saying, you know what? I, I've never met Jesus. Or maybe I'm in this sea of disappointment, sea of discouragement and I'm drowning I'm willing to open up my heart and say, God, I need you with me. All over this place, that's what we're here for. Watching online, say, that's me. Would you together just begin to cry out to the Lord? You ain't got to raise your hand. God knows. God sees your heart in this moment. It's not about a, about a number. It's about you and the Lord making a connection right here in this moment. If that's you, just open up your heart. Open up your mouth and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. It's time in my life to give you it all. Lord, I, I have been discouraged. I have stopped things. I, I, I started when I was in middle school or when I was a teenager, but I've, I've walked away from those things. Or maybe I got saved when I was a young adult and I left and now I've got a family and it's a mess and I need you. I need you. Tonight, just call out to the Lord in your own way because the Bible says he's with you. Just speak up to heaven to say, heaven, I need you. God, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, be the Lord. Be the Savior. Be the leader of my heart tonight. I invite you into the chaos of my life. Speak peace, be still in my spirit. Be the Lord and the Savior of my heart. It's time today, God, that I give you my life. It's time that I get out of this, this funk, this circle, this discouragement, this greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Just declare it over yourself tonight. Be freed from depression. Be freed from discouragement. Be free from anxiety. We prayed that earlier. Someone is struggling with that tonight. Just be freed from all of it. By the power of Jesus in your life. Let him be the source tonight. Just call up to heaven and say, I need you, Jesus. Come on, take a moment and just do that personally in your own life. It's one thing if we all do it together, but when you as an individual call out, God hears your individual cry. He hears the, the cries of desperate people. He hears those cries of the brokenhearted, the depressed, the discouraged. He hears your cries and he speaks to you. I am with you. I am with you. Even to the end, it says. Father, we thank you for your goodness and that you are faithful to fulfill the promise of never leaving us or forsaking us. I could never always fulfill that, God. I'm imperfect, but you're per in your perfectness, you're always going to fulfill that promise. You're with us. You're with us. You're with us. And we stop this moment and we just embrace that. And we say we want you not only with us, but in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>